Uh, we have some special guests with us. Uh, Phil and Iris Zayas are here as well. Good to see. Phil and Iris are part of the uh, Hudson Valley uh, region of the New York City Church. They are also uh, pillars in the New York City Church of Christ. I mean, they really are. I said dinosaurs earlier. I meant pillars is what I meant, bro. So um, they, they have been around this congregation for decades and are responsible for so many people coming to faith. And my wife and I love them so much. And, uh, and we're grateful to have them here because Phil's going to come up in just a moment and share with us. As you know, or as you remember, it was 21 years ago today that the world was shocked when two airplanes flew into what then was the two twin towers in lower Manhattan. And uh, for those of us, I mean, we all remember exactly where we were and exactly how we felt when we learned that news. And uh, it turned out that it was a coordinated terrorist attack against the United States. And that day in New York alone, almost 3,000 people died. It was a very, very sad day, still a sad day when I think about it to this day. Um, but in one of those buildings was our brother, Phil Zayas. He was in one of the Twin Towers when it was hit. And uh, fortunately, he was able to get out and to escape. And um, and uh, it was it was pretty scary. And there's been a lot of things that Phil has uh, learned and God has shown him through that experience and other experiences. So we thought it would be a great time to have him come up and share a little bit about a, a, a spiritual perspective on these things. Phil. Thank you. I, I feel honored that you asked me to come up and share. Um, uh, I appreciate what Lori said. It's actually, it is a small kingdom, but a large kingdom and that you know, there's a lot of familiar faces even here that I could see. I mean, we've been around 35 years, so we get to see a lot of people in different regions. Wow, look at that. I mean, I, I didn't even see him earlier. So uh, it's really encouraging, actually. I, I'm very encouraged when I see people that I haven't seen in a while, meaning they, they have fought the fight. They are faithful. Um, when you see people leave, it's very disheartening. So uh, I did want to share my story here on 9-11 and some other life experiences that I've had over the years. Um, we've known Phil and Leslie a long time, and especially Phil. I mean, we've known him probably 28, 27 years uh, when he was just a college student. And, uh, you know, when we first, when we, we came up to the Hudson Valley to help start the Rockland region uh, 28 years ago. Um, but we didn't really have a building. So we started meeting with the Westchester region and Phil was meeting with us. And uh, at the time, uh, it was a long time ago, but he had a ponytail. And he was just a snot-nosed kid, just running around, not knowing what to do, setting up the equipment. And, <laughs> and but then he has led the Hudson Valley actually a couple of times. And he's known, he's been in the ministry uh, in the different regions with my brothers, my younger brothers were disciples and my mom. And um, so through the years, he's been, he's known my family very well. We, we took a boat to try to get him included in the Zayas, but he was rejected. So um, I did want to share uh, my, that day, I guess, 21 years ago, my experience, my initial, the initial impact in my life. Uh, but I also wanted to share a little bit further, you know, life lessons, uh, not, not starting with that, but con continuing from there. Uh, you know, I'm an old man. I'm almost 65 years old. So hopefully I've learned a few things over the years and I want to share my, the spiritual impact in me 
and I'm hoping can help you. Okay. Amen. So, uh, Tuesday morning, right? I, I take the, uh, the train down to Hoboken, um, and my, well, actually with my daughter. Uh, so we take the train to Hoboken, uh, and I have to go into the city. She's visiting a friend in New Jersey. And, uh, so I get in around eight 30 or so, and then, you know, I run to the restroom and when I come out, uh, you know, I'm looking out the windows and there's debris like flying around and the secretarial people are just running around like they're getting crazy. Um, what happened? Well, the North Tower got struck. Okay. So what I pictured in my mind was a small little propeller plane <laughs> that similar to the Empire State Building hit the World Trade Center. Obviously, that's not what happened. So I got to my office and um, as soon as I got in, um, Phil Garrison calls me uh, ahead of my wife. He actually called me first. And, uh, you know, hey, listen, I'm hearing this and this. And I'm like, okay, no problem. All right. Well, we'll probably, we'll probably be evacuating the building. I hang up, my wife calls. Uh, and if, of course, she's like, well, you better get out of there. And I'm like, don't worry. I, you know, of course, we're going to be evacuating. But it was not this building. It's one World Trade Center, North Tower. So I hang up. And then I go outside my office. And I'm, I'm, I'm walking that towards my, my manager's office, my boss. And the announcement comes on the, the PA, right? No need to evacuate your building. It's the first tower actually discouraging people from leaving the building. So, okay. So I go to the North conference room and, uh, you know, the windows are only about this wide, right? So we have a convector. And from there, I have an unobstructed view of uh, kind of like the, whole, the gap in the building right across the next building. So I step on the convector and I'm looking out and it was devastating. I mean, of course, the, the smoke, the flames, um, you see people on the perimeter looking out and they're, of course, trying to get some air. And, uh, you know, I have other colleagues in there with me in the conference room and I'm up against the glass, just, oh my God. And they're yelling and cursing at me. Like, what are you doing uh, looking at these people? Because they started to jump. And I stood there while 10 or so people, including a couple, I think there was a couple that held hands, they jumped and, and hit the pavement. And it was shocking, of course, to me. Um, I stepped off the convector and that's when our building got hit and it was just I, a, a bolt like I mean a shock just I felt like it was an earthquake but then I just envisioned something from the first tower probably exploded and hit our building I mean I, I didn't know what else to think so we started to congregate like we got to get I said out of here right so we just got together we got our plan the the, the ceiling started shaking lights started going out and you could see like debris from a fireball just outside in the perimeter, right? So we rushed to the staircase, but that was it. I mean, the staircase was packed. So we just basically took a step at a time down the stair, very orderly, and we just were going down the steps. I actually turned to my colleague and said, you know, this building could fall down just because it didn't seem too sturdy in the stairwell. So we're going down. Um, and we see firemen coming up. 
And around the 20 something floor is when we heard that it was a terrorist act. That's when I think when people started getting a little nervous or I think before that people just realized, well, all right, we need to evacuate. But when they realized it was a terrorist act, that's when things got a little hectic. So people then were a little bit more frantic about getting out. So they wanted to get us out on the concourse level. Um, while we were going past the first, the plaza level, they wanted us to avoid looking out because I mean, I knew what was out there, but they wanted us to avoid it. So we get out on the concourse, the police are rushing us out. They bring us up to the street and they wanna push us out. Uh, I think that's Church Street, but they wanted to push us out even further away from the building. I just wanted to keep looking. I was like, I was like uh, just mesmerized with just what was going on. Um, my, thank God, my colleagues, uh, I was part of the, I was working for Morgan Stanley at the time. And we were part of corporate services. Uh, so we had a disaster recovery site, not even a mile away, on, just off Canal Street. So they wanted us to go there and I just wanted to keep looking at it. But uh, so we decided to walk up there. But we, you know, the phones we had weren't working. So we walked, when we got to Canal Street, uh, we didn't have any news. So we wanted to buy a transistor radio with batteries so we can hear what's going on. We went into the store and that's when we started hearing the rumbling. So we ran out maybe 20 feet to the corner and we see the tower going down. And I honestly was stumbfounded. I was like, I rubbed my eyes like, I, this, is, this can't be happening. Like the building just disappeared. And, but I'm so fortunate because I got away from that toxic, you know, uh, fume, flume of, of dirt and toxic uh, ingredients, um, which didn't affect my health. So, of course, I haven't spoken to Iris, uh, and I know, you know, she's getting anxious about it. So, we went to the disaster recovery site, um, and I also left my daughter. So, she, which I found out later, she saw the tower go down from Jersey you know, on the train, you could see it. And uh, at, uh, she thought I died. Um, so my wife, she knew I wasn't getting, <laughs> she said to get out, but she knew I wasn't getting out. You know, I'm kind of slow. I'm just, I go at my own pace. Um, so, uh, but we're at the disaster recovery site and we're calling people to find out if they are uh, our colleagues, if whether they made it or not. Um, we lost 13 people. And eight of those were from my department, um, which I have you know, contact with. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it was very traumatic uh, to me. I mean, finally I got to talk to Iris and what a relief that was. Um, but just for my family, you know, Tiffany had to be brought, taken out of school. Um, my mother was in her bed because she was, not dying from lung cancer, you know, so, uh, you know, I was concerned about what she was thinking, my iris was contacting her. Um, and, uh, you know, we just wanted to make sure everybody gets out and everything get right. So uh, I left there and walked up to her job. And then 
it took a while for her to get out, be able to leave from work, but we were able to get across the George Washington Bridge around 7.30. Um, I think it was right after they opened it. Okay, so um, the, the part, so afterwards I would have dreams. Um, they weren't nightmares, but I guess it was just disturbing me. And the thing that was disturbing me most was just what were these people feeling falling into the plaza? Um, but that, thank God for the church and, and, you know, brothers and sisters in the church. This, you know, I got to talk to Mike Leatherwood, who was a counselor. I'm not sure if anybody remembers who Mike was, but, um, you know, I was able to talk to him a few times. I was able, the thing that really helped me was talking to Sheridan Wright. Um, because that thing kept bothering me about what they were feeling. And he just said one thing that kind of unlocked it for me it was like, you know, God made the body so that it would go into shock. So the bodies that were going down probably went into shock and they wouldn't have felt the last seconds before they passed away. So actually, I'm just thinking now, I mean, I have a lot of young people. I hope that wasn't too graphic of a stuff that's going in but the thing that was most impactful to me you know when you see how life is fragile right life can just disappear in a moment's time i mean i want to share a scripture in james 4 and this is familiar to you james 4 13 now listen you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And, you know, that was a big impact to me. I mean, uh, you know, as Phil shared, you know, Iris and I, well, that was always our intent. We were always trying to seek and save the lost. We were always trying to uh, help people become Christians. But I just, I guess I sensed the urgency. And, you know, life is short. And it can happen just like that. People that you know are gone. And, and that has happened to us. The people that we have known didn't really have a chance, right? They died prematurely. Um, and what, what impressed upon me was just the value of each soul, how precious each soul is to God and how he wants all of us and, and the communities to know him, right? And, you know, I am extremely grateful and thankful that I was able to survive that, right? I mean, I was on the 56th floor of the Trade Center and it, the plane came in around the 77th floor. So, you know, 220 feet away, you know, the plane came in at. And so it was so close for me. I mean, I could easily have died that, that day. So, you know, you know, in my quiet times with God, I'm always wanting to know, well, what is he saying to me? How is he leading me? What is he teaching me? And, you know, after that, there's a, a, a much larger life lesson 
that he wanted to teach me, right? What this is what I feel. Just in the experiences of my life, I feel God is teaching me a bigger lesson. So, you know, as I grew up, most of my life has had fear and mistrust, right? I've allowed that to, to just permeate my life. And it comes out as stress or anxiety, right? Um, almost all my life. I mean, I grew up in a, a very challenging situation. So you're familiar with the story where in Matthew 8, 26, where Jesus is in a boat, right? And Jesus calms the storm, right? He calms the storm. And he says, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? And I mean, that's convicting to me. Like, why am I so afraid? Like, what is lacking in your life, Phil? So, you know, in 2011, uh, I had my back, some back problems, and I went to a chiropractor. And, you know, they do adjustments. And he made a slight adjustment to my neck. And he, he dissected my left retrieval artery. And it caused a clot. And I had a mini stroke in the office. And I had to rush to the hospital so that they can put me on heparin on an IV for a week, right? To get rid of this clot. I mean, it's still there. I only have three arteries to the brain, but God's amazing because he makes this circle of Willis and it, where all the blood kind of like goes in this round thing. And it, it, you know, it could do without this, this fourth artery. But at the time it was traumatic. And then um, a couple of years later, uh, and this is not life-threatening, but Morgan Stanley let 1,600 people go, and I was one of them after 20 years. And when your finances are not ideal and you know not working is significant, it's pretty traumatic, right? And uh, thank God, I mean, I was able to get a job six months later, but at the time, you don't know when the economy's not doing well, right? So that's pretty traumatic. A couple years later, I got cancer and, and then it got aggressive. So that cancer had to be treated. Uh, but of course, you know, you get that C word in your household and it's a big deal, right? Your kids are upset, your wife's upset. I'm upset, but I don't show it. <laughs> but, you know, you have to deal with this, right? So um, I had the treatment, the radiation, and thank God, it's all the levels have been so low, it's basically gone. All right, a couple of years after that, I get a heart attack. The, the main artery to the, to the heart was 95% blocked. And while they're doing the procedure, he says, you know, another week, we wouldn't even be talking now. And I'm like, wow, this is like, I mean, God, what, you know, you start paying attention, right? God, what are you trying to say to me, right? And, um, and then a couple of years later, you get COVID, right? And COVID, uh, right from the beginning, my dad passed away um, from COVID. And, you know, so this is kind of serious. Like, wow, people get it and they die. What's going on here? And, uh, you know, so you have to, you know, pay attention and 
be vigilant. I mean, I have a 91 year old that we take care of in our household, you know, my stepdad. So we have to, you know, be careful and we're trying to be careful. Um, but through this all, you get, you can get tempted to get bitter or angry, right? I mean, a chiropractor messing me up, you know, I'm trying to be healthy. Why am I getting a heart attack? Why am I getting cancer, God? You know, what, what's the story here? But the big thing that I, I believe God wants me to learn is I need to trust him and to know that he is sovereign. I need to trust God completely with every aspect of my life. And I know I don't, right? I want to share a scripture in Matthew 8, um, another story that's familiar with you, I'm sure. In Matthew 8, 5 to 10, it says, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I'll t I tell this one, go and he goes, and that one, come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following him, I tell you the truth. I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. And I realized my faith needs to increase. I don't have that kind of faith. I, I had little faith, little trust. When you start thinking that another disaster is around the corner or what is God, another lesson I need to learn? Like, what is God teaching me now? Um, we, none of us want to suffer, right? We, we, we kind of avoid suffering at all costs. And I understand suffering is part of life. And God redeems us through suffering, right? God, God is in, in the business of redeeming and renewing. And, and I recognize I need that in my life. But what I really want is to be connected to him, right? I wanted to be connected to him and not just struggle through it all i want to i want to have such confidence in god at all times and that's where he's leading me to um you know in in 2020 i i meditated on psalm 23 for a good six months and it helped me to tr i mean that psalm is really an awesome psalm right if you focus and meditate on it and it helped me to trust in god more but there was one verse that had been my focus. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. And I mean, when I read that for the first, for during those six months, I didn't believe it because I'm like, if I go through the valley of death, I am, I'm going to be afraid. Like, there's no way about it, right? How could someone not be afraid? But if you can just imagine you and God holding hands through the valley of death, that's a different story. By alone, I'm terrified. But with God, 
holding my hand, I could see myself being confident. I could see myself like David going against the giant. Well, because look who's with me. I'm walking with God. And I, I see David doing that because he was close to God. Remember, he was offended. How dare this Philistine come to us, right? These, we're God's people, right? God is with us. How dare this giant come and do this to us? So that's the attitude I want. That's the attitude in my life. I want to have a confidence in God that no matter what situation I'm in, the valley of death, that's nothing if I have my God, right? Um, we, you know, we have to realize that our God is bigger and stronger <laughs> and he, he loves us. See, that's what we lack. That's what I lack. Does God really love me that much? Like It's so unbelievable to believe that God loves us that much. I mean, it's so obvious he does. Look how kind he is to us. Look how generous. Look how he always looks out after us. I mean, God is awesome. Why do we doubt? Why do I doubt that? After he's proven it time and time again. I mean, how many, see, this is why I keep getting these lessons, right? <laughs> Every other year. And now 2020, what's, today, what's this year? 22. It's two years. I don't want another episode, right? I want to be there, God. I'm already there, God. I'm already there. So, so I want to close out by, if you know, if you remember anything, uh, let this scripture rest in your heart. This is a very familiar scripture to you, but it's meaningful. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And, you know, I look to God and I'm like, you know, most of the time the issues are because maybe we're not getting what we want. Like, oh yeah, I, I'll trust God. I just want to get what I want. Suppose I did pass away that day, 21 years ago. God's still looking out for me. I'm still going to be prosperous. Right? At the resurrection, when he brings heaven down to earth, it's going to be amazing and awesome. I have hope in a God that's going to be with me forever. So whether I live or die, that's secondary. What's most important is that God is with us. He's with you. He's with me now and forever. Thanks for hearing me. Thanks. Amen. Thank you, Phil. You and Iris, you guys are so inspiring uh, to me personally, and I know to so many people. Uh, thank you for sharing, Phil. You may only have three arteries, but you have nine lives, so you're good to go, bro. I think you're good. Um, there's a great per uh, verse in, in Revelation 12. It says, um, it says, they triumphed over him, meaning Satan, they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Two keys to overcoming Satan is one, the word of our testimony and the blood of the lamb. We've heard a testimony here 
a very powerful, powerful testimony. And now we're going to close out our service by remembering the blood of the lamb. Uh, if you didn't get one of the communion cups, you can raise your hand. The ushers have some extra ones. They'll, they'll bring them around to you. Uh, I'm going to say a prayer. We're just going to take a moment here to remember and reflect on the sacrifice, the blood that was shed that gives us the opportunity to be able to even have, a, uh, have forgiveness and have a connection with God. Let's, let's pray. God in heaven, we are so grateful for all that you do for us. Your wisdom is beyond our wisdom. God, you, uh, your thoughts are beyond our thoughts. And we're grateful that you are God and that we are not. We're also grateful, God, for, for Jesus coming to this earth and giving himself for us. Uh, we know that that sacrifice is what opened the doors and opened up the opportunity for our sins to be wiped away and for us to be in a relationship with you, God. And we're grateful and thankful for that. Help us never to become hard in our hearts toward that sacrifice. Help us always to be soft towards that. God, we love you and we pray now in Jesus' name, amen.